Real stories. Real stories. Real people. I just can't believe it. It was one of the most exciting times in my life. It's just, I just can't believe that it happened to me. Me winning the lottery. I just can't believe it. Real stories. Real stories. Real people. Winning the premiership was awesome. Felt great holding the truth. So it happened when I was 15, and it was pretty scary at the time, but you know, looking back, I, I think I learned a lot. It's my life. Hello and welcome to Radio Karen, where you're listening to It's My Life, where we talk to local people and hear some of their incredible stories about their lives. I'm Carenza, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Kim. How are you doing, Carenza? Pretty good, Kim. And I'm very excited because today our very special guest is Dr. Catherine Barrett, who has established the Facebook group The Kindness Pandemic back in March 2020 to support people whose lives were impact- impacted by COVID-19. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Hello, Kim and Carenza. I'm delighted to be here with you all. Very excited to have you with us too. Now, it was March the 11th, 2020, when the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic. Cities, towns and villages around the world were shutting down and lockdowns as we know them now became a way of life. Just a few days later, the Kindness Pandemic Facebook group was born. Incredibly, this group grew to over half a million members in just two weeks. Now, kindness won't make coronavirus go away, but it is making people's lives easier and bringing people hope. The kindness pandemic is underpinned by principles of intersectional kindness or how we look out for people who are doing it tough before COVID and because of COVID. At its very essence, it talks about, promotes and encourages acts of kindness. Its posts are inspiring. They're full of hope and they come from people from all around the world. They're like this post. I held a conversation with a homeless veteran recently. He was sitting on the curb at our grocery. When I offered him some cash, he pointed along to another man on the curb and said his fellow veteran buddy could use it more. As we talked, he trusted and expressed some deep emotions to me, showing me the shrapnel in his leg that was waitlisted for care. After our chat, he thanked me for taking the time and I told him if ever I was to see him again, we'd chat again. I left the money with him to do as he thought best. My heart was heavy afterwards and I stopped at a local coffee shop. I always order my coffee black. The lady at the window told me my coffee was free and that the anonymous giver's only criteria was that the recipient enjoyed coffee in its purest form. So more than a year on and the group still has over half a million active members. Incredibly, their posts have received more than 28 million reactions. The group has run 40 plus campaigns and they've had more than 100 media articles published about their work. And running it alone became such a huge task. And so Catherine enlisted the support of a project team of 12 wonderful volunteers who today remain committed administrators of the group and all of the group's work. And this team has encouraged local communities to set up local kindness pandemic groups for their town, city or suburb to ensure that the actions are locally focused embedded and owned by the community and to date there are more than 60 groups that have been established right around the world and incredibly in November this year the kindness pandemic group was awarded the most uplifting Facebook group in the world here to tell us more about the kindness pandemic and how you can help to change the world is today's incredible amazing local resident Dr Catherine Barrett 
Hi, Catherine. I'd like to start us off first. Um, how and why did you come up with the idea of the kindness pandemic? Um, I can't, It was March the 14th last year and I was sitting on the couch and everything that I was going to go to for that day had been cancelled because of the uh, coronavirus. And I was on social media just flicking around and so many people were getting so anxious and you know, there was brawls in supermarkets and people just saying, why can't we just be nice to each other? We're all in this together. And I thought, well, actually, there's a, there's a, whole, there's a whole theory that, uh, that what we focus on grows. And I thought that there is kindness. There is so much kindness. But people now are focusing, because they're anxious, they're focusing on uh, the angst and, the, you know, the hate and the, uh, and, and the violence. And so I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll set up a, a Facebook group that focuses on kindness. And if we bring kindness into focus, it'll help kindness to grow. But also for people, for those of us that are in the group, it'll help to reassure us that it, it is okay, that people are looking out for each other. So I set it up at 7.30 on the 14th of March and it grew and just invited 100 of my friends. And the next morning it had grown by 1,000 and I knew then that, that it was a thing, you know, that there was really something in it. And then it started growing at the rate of 50,000 a day, which made it one of the uh, fastest growing Facebook groups in the world. So then that's when it became big and, you know, 12 of, of my buddies or people, a couple of people that I knew through my friends came on board as an admin team and they're still with us now. Thankfully, the most amazing 12 people in the world <laughs> uh, and and you know I think I think people came to us because they were scared and because uh, of coronavirus but people wanted kindness before coronavirus almost everybody I know before coronavirus wanted to live in a kinder world but uh, yeah. but COVID pushed people to us. Yeah, it's very interesting how that happened, isn't it? So even back then, even then, you had some goals and things that you were wanting to achieve. So even really before you know coronavirus, kindness was something that was an important thing for you to be talking about and doing. Well, yes, absolutely. Because my day job is uh, I, I run a charity called Celebrate Aging that is challenging ageism and building respect for older people. And in that job, I have to push very, very, very hard uh, to, to build respect for older people. And, and so I see, I see the unkindness mm. uh, and I see how hard it is to create change and what it takes. I, I'm, I'm completely fascinated with what it takes to create social change because I've had to. Uh, because ageism is so deeply embedded, I've had to be incredibly creative to get people engaged in wanting to to create cultural change. It starts with each of us looking at our own ageism. So, yes, it's about it's about going. How do we create change? And I think for us, you know, in in our in our group, we we focus on a very special type of kindness. Uh, a lot of people say to us, kindness, you know, fairy floss. And when the group started, there were lots of adorable puppy pictures and lots of memes. And and we declined all of them because we're saying when we're not interested in fairy floss. We're interested in real change that transforms people's lives. And we want people to focus on kindness for people who are marginalised uh, because it's so much easier to focus on kindness for people we know and love. You know, my partner in 
uh, emptied the dishwasher. That's so lovely. I was tired, so I bought some flowers for my partner. Well, that's a lovely thing to do and it's kind, but there are a whole heap of people that need our kindness to address the inequalities there are in the world. And it doesn't take a lot to to reach out to people and to stop them from being marginalised. So I'm thinking about uh, people who are homeless or people who are ostracised because of the colour of their skin, just walking down the street and saying good morning from from a place in your heart is a way of letting people know that you care. It is a way of building connection. And if you think if that happens en masse, people will feel like they are connected. And that can address a whole heap of inequalities, doesn't take more time, doesn't cost you any money, won't make you unsafe. So we think that acts of intersectional kindness could transform the world. So even then you had a really big goal, even even though you thought at the time, oh, I'm going to set up a group, that kind of thinking had always been something for you that was kind of important to do. And, you know, I suppose, you know, if, if you look back in, in March 2020, that feels like a lifetime ago now, March 2020. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it know, was. In your, what were you trying to do you think if, if you had two or three things that you said, I'm, when I set up this group, this is what I'm going to achieve that, that night back on the 14th of March, what do you reckon you would have said? What, what was I trying to achieve? Yeah, then, in that moment, at that time. Oh, well, I think, you know, I'm very aware of inequalities and I'm part of a marginalised group. A lot of my friends are marginalised in one way or another, whether it's mental health issues or whether they're, uh, you know, whether they're uh, homeless or whether they are queer or whether they're living with a disability. Uh, a lot of my friends and family are marginalised and I've experienced that myself. I've experienced uh, depression and anxiety, uh, you know, in, 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 in a big way through a, you know, major life change. And so that feeling for me of of being on the edge and then, you know, slightly over the edge and feeling my life was that, you know, I'd lost control uh, gave me a compassion, a compassion and an empathy for the experiences of others. You know, I know what it's like to feel like you lose everything. Mm. Uh, and that gave me a compassion for others. But the work that I do, the work that I do with older people uh, has taught me how to be, you know, how to how to try and create I have to I have to be really clever about trying to create cultural change because this is not easy work and and you know it's not enough just to put it down and say to to say to people here's International Day of the older person uh, older people are in equal uh, be aware you know it's not enough mm-hmm. you've got to engage people and uh, and so my life experiences. Uh, my personal life experiences and the people I love, their life experiences have given me compassion to uh, and a passion to address inequalities. But I've had to be really strategic about it because it's not enough to want to change. You've got to understand if, if you really want change to happen, you've got to get off your bottom and you've got to make it happen. And to do that, you've got to be really strategic. So, mm. uh, so yes, I had a lot of goals, you know. I'm, and now, I mean, I've, I, we still have a group of five hundred and fifty thousand, and so, we, you know, there are so many agendas that we want to pull in, so many inequalities that we want to pull into this. Yeah. Uh, and so, yes, I have many, many goals, and there are many, many uh, inequalities that I still want to address. 
Were you surprised by the response? I mean, you mentioned 550,000 people uh, joining the group and becoming active members. I mean, that, that must have blown you away or must blow you away. Yeah, look, it did. It did because, you know, I had, you know, I have a very full day job. You know, I've, I've got work that has not been funded until now. So, you know, I pretty much I have a full-time job with the charity and then, you know, picking up a whole heap of consultancy to fund it. And that's... That's shifted now, but so I sort of effectively had two full jobs and full time jobs, and then set up the kindness pandemic, and and it then became another full time job, if you like, you know, like it's it's mm. it's it's a very yeah, and but and I didn't I didn't have a plan for that because I didn't think it would it would grow that big or that quickly. Um, yeah, but but that's delightful, you know, and. Uh, increasingly what I'm doing now is pulling my work on uh, intergenerational collaborations into that because I think, you know, when old and young and every age in between, when we work together, we can we can change the world. And, yeah, but, I, you know, I certainly didn't have a plan for half a million. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I, <clears throat> I just can't believe you've only got 12 volunteers. I mean, what do they actually do? I mean, obviously a lot. Well, you know, I think that's that's really interesting that you say that because, uh, so, you know, we're doing a lot of work now with Facebook <clears throat> and they can't believe we've only got 12 volunteers mm. and they can't believe how engaged our group are, how active our group members are. And those two points are connected. Um, uh, one of the things is that's really, really interesting. Anyone who's on social media or Facebook will tell you that people get a bit weary of the hate and angst and anger and the disrespect on social media. Mm. Uh, and what we did was we set up some group rules. We've got a private group. So, you know, if you if you don't behave yourself, if you're not respectful, uh, you'll you'll get a warning or get and you know, if you still don't behave yourself, you get asked to leave or just, you know, be blocked. And one of the things is uh, so then what we've done is we've created a, we've created this this bubble this kind of world that everybody wants to live in where the only people that are in our group are people who are respectful of each other who communicate in respectful ways and our group are so protective of that so if anyone misbehaves our group members will will, will report them and and that's our power card with that that's that's the bit that that makes it doable for an admin team of 12 is that our group members are really really protective they want this space that they can come to where they can feel hope where they can believe in the world where they can believe in humanity and human connection where they can believe we've got each other's back and we'll and it will all be all right because we've got each other's back so mm. that's what makes it doable with 12 people that protect our group members are protective but but facebook also say you know you've got 330,000 people in this group who are actively engaged really unusual for a Facebook group, but it's because our members, uh, they love it. Mm. They love it. And if if there's some if somebody does a post, uh, one of the recent posts was a woman who'd lost her son uh, and, and he had suicided and she'd posted about, you know, the devastation and how friends and family had rallied and how difficult it had been for all of them and... You know, the empathy from our group, there are about 40,000 likes to that post in 
24 hours. You know, people rally to support each other. And that's the world I think we all want to live in. Absolutely. Yeah, right, that is. So you are listening to Radio Karam um, and It's My Life where we are talking to Dr Catherine Barrett about uh, the kindness pandemic, um, which was established back in uh, March 2020. And I'm really interested in talking about the ripple um, effect of your work. So, you know, I I think I stumbled across um, the kindness pandemic right right at the very beginning and um, I found the posts really inspiring and uplifting. And what what I think I realised, and it was it was a really tough um, realisation, is that, you know, sometimes you're on this kind of like a, a hamster on a wheel and you're going about your life and you don't see mm. things, you don't stop and you don't notice. You're so busy in this kind of rat race. And what I found was after starting to read those posts, it, it, it reminded me a lot of about becoming more aware of the things mm. that were happening around me. And I would see things that I think I probably wouldn't have noticed before i would have been too busy or too caught up in something else i think that ripple effect is really really powerful and i think you can see it in the posts that people post but then the the reactions the comments all the things that Mm. happen as a result of that and all of those conversations you must you must um see that a lot and, and your moderators too as they're looking at the posts and things that are going up yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, we, we share posts, you know, quite often in our group people go on and say, you know, Kelsey, Kelsey's one of our favourite posters at the moment. They'll say, Kelsey's posted and then other people get on and say, oh, my goodness, look at the responses to Kelsey's post. And it's like that feeling that um, the world is a beautiful place. But, you know, if you look at any of the news channels now, even online, and if you were to uh, rule out all the articles that were heavy or miserable, you know, all the ones about um, COVID-19, most of them, uh, you know, they're not uplifting. No, they're and, definitely you know, not. I mean, that's real. Yep. Mm. So they're not uplifting. And then if you take out all the ones about, uh, you know, violence and hate and, you know, there's there's almost nothing left. Mm. And, and so we can, you know, that's the stuff we're being fed. Uh, but it's not the only things happening in the world. And, you know, bad news sells. So, you know, we're getting all the stuff that's 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 disastrous and that's the stuff we're getting on social media. And then people are getting more and more anxious and more and more depressed. And what our group gives people is uh, a way of rebalancing. You know, I mm-hmm. said before it's about hope and it's about feeling connected so people feel, you know, there are people out there that care and they've got my back and it's going to be all right. But it gives people hope. It gives people hope that it's going to be all right, that the world is okay. And I think um, one of the beautiful uh, posters we had for a while was a 13-year-old Somali boy called Kofi. And Kofi posted uh, towards the end of last year about something that he was grateful for. So that's an act of kindness. He took something in his life and he thanked people. It was his parents. He thanked them for what they'd given him. And he had such a beautiful response to his post that we asked Kofi if he would post an act of um, something he was grateful for every day for uh, 66 days because that's how long it, it takes to, uh, to create a habit. And he did that. And he, it was the sweetest, most beautiful beautiful post and and we did a a journal with him then it's called Kofi Kindness which you can download from their website free but the lovely thing about that is the 66 days of creating a habit so you're looking at every day you know what is it that's good about the world today what am I grateful for today 
Mm. And that's a habit now that I've had for five years and I am not going to stop it. I will, I will never stop that because it's a way, it's a life raft. Mm. You know, when things feel tough uh, and when I feel like I'm on the high seas, I want something to grab a hold of, like I want a life where I want to grab a hold of something and I'm still in that rough seas but there's something good, there's something I can grab a hold of and that's what gratitude mm. is for me. And there's such a connection between gratitude and kindness because if you're looking for something you're grateful for, it, it's generally some something somebody's done for you and, and, and it becomes an act of kindness. And I think I think I think we need to, to do this for ourselves and for each other, that we need to think about how we want to be in the world, think about what we want to focus on and and do that with the people we care about as well too, that we that we share it with them, that we look at we talk to them about the stuff that's good because the other stuff is you know, we need to know what we need to know about COVID, but there's a lot of bad news that could drag you under, I reckon. Absolutely. You talk a lot about making acts of kindness the new habit. Um, there are a lot of people who talk about paying forward acts of kindness in, in the group too. Don't worry about a thing. Because Atticus Health will make you feel all right. Don't worry. About a thing Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Sorry about that. We had a few little technical uh, hiccups. But um, yeah, as I was saying, you, you talk a lot about um, the acts of kindness as the new habit. Uh, and and um, we're seeing a lot of people who talk about uh, paying forward uh, acts of kindness in the group too. It doesn't have to be big, does it? I mean, people are talking about paying for the order of a person behind them at a drive through for an example. Yeah, look, absolutely, and I think I think those, uh, you know, that's that's probably one of our most common posts is you know drive through or someone in a cafe uh, mm. says you know we wanted uh, and that beautiful story that one of you shared about you know going into a cafe. I mean, because that's unexpected, uh, you know, it brings so much joy. And I was going to say two dollars fifty for a coffee, but they're probably five dollars fifty now. But I think you know if people think about uh, if you want to think about, uh, you know, cheap and time efficient acts of kindness, just greeting a person in the street, just, you know, if you're, you know, um, if, you know, letting someone through in the traffic when they're stuck or, mm. and, and, you know, when I do that, then I'll wave to them cheerily. Um, and, you know, that kind of stuff, often people will really wave back heartily and you know you've made their day. Yeah, and so it doesn't cost anything and it's really, really simple and easy to do. And I think, you know, when you think about the Karam community, just mm. that, like going into a shop and, and if it's your local shop, ask people their names and the next time mm. you go back in, ask them, you know, call them by their names. People love that. You know, it makes 
people feel like you care about them and 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 that that, that they are living in a community mm. uh, and you know it doesn't cost it doesn't cost a thing no it doesn't and and uh, it reminds me uh, Carenza and I were out having lunch a couple of weeks ago and there was a homeless man he was going through the bin so um, we went into the uh, a little bakery and we um, we went and bought a uh, pie for him and the lady behind the counter uh, said are you buying it for the homeless uh, man and I said yeah we are and he, she said oh uh, we're not charging you um, you know it's free which I felt oh. was just awesome so um, we, we we went out and we gave the the man uh, his pie and he was he was wrapped and off we went and we went back and sat down to an outside table and um, when uh, Carenza went to get uh, some drinks and order the food uh, one of the other patrons in the in the restaurant came up and uh, offered to pay for our meal and our drinks because Aww. of what had happened. So it, it just it just yeah. goes on and on and on, and, and it, it's yeah. it's just wonderful how that that occurs. Yeah, yeah, and I, look, I, I think you know you've hit the nail on the head. It just goes on and on and on, and that's the best bit mm. because kindness is infectious. Like kindness, people, like you know the people that saw what you did in the cafe then want to be kind to you and then the staff in the cafe are feeling good and the homeless guys had a better day and uh and you know imagine a world where we just keep feeding that where we just keep doing that again and again and again and and you know i think we talk about kindness is infectious and we talk about loud kindness and it's really interesting quite often people in our group will say i'm not blowing my own trumpet or you shouldn't be blowing your own trumpet and we should just do acts of kindness and you shouldn't tell people about them Hmm. because then it's not really kind and we say to them no tell everybody because people replicate acts of kindness and and the other thing that that telling people about kindness uh and even people that overheard your acts of kindness it it then people want to people want to they want to replicate it Hmm. and then it gives people hope and and we notice that in our group when somebody posts something. So, like, sometimes there'll be uh, someone whose uh, daughter has cut their hair off and they've sold it to a charity who make wigs for people who've lost their hair. Mm. And then we'll notice, uh, you know, after that, then a number of other people will do that as well. Or if if That's someone right. says that, you know, they left, you know, they left, they gave some food to a local homeless man and, and they felt that, you know, that they'd really done something to help, you know, the only thing that they knew how to do and they hoped it was enough that, um, you know, at least they did something. And um, and then we'll, no- we'll notice a whole heap of other people will post about that. So that's one of the reasons why it's incredibly important to share your acts of kindness because you bring people hope and because it, it, you're replicated. So we call people say people who say you should be quiet about kindness, you shouldn't tell anyone, we say, no, we want kindness to be loud. We want you to tell everybody because we want to help give people hope and we want people to replicate acts of kindness. That's very powerful. And you are listening um, to It's My Life here on Radio Karen, where we are talking to Dr. Catherine Barrett, the founder of the um, Kindness Pandemic, um, named as the most uplifting Facebook group in the whole wide world. And I think it's the feel good factor. This is what we're starting to touch on here. People talk about this a lot actually when they post in in the, in this Facebook group. I just want to read a quote um, from there. So it said, I just want to share with you all how grateful I am to be part of this group. These stories are restoring my faith in humanity and touching me deeply daily. 
Thank you for spreading the light and much love and much aloha from Hawaii. So um, that sense of, and I guess the name pandemic, you know, and the infectiousness, wanting to make kindness infectious, getting people to talk about it more. That's a that's a movement. I mean, this is when you were talking at the beginning about wanting culture change. This is really shifting those conversations, isn't it? And in particular on the internet, where we often hear a lot about internet trolls and all of the bad things, you're, you're really flipping all of that on its head in the conversations that you're encouraging people to have. Yeah, look, absolutely we are. Absolutely we are. And I think the feel-good factor is is, you know, there are a lot of people who think about that as being fairy floss, who think about a cute puppy or a cute flower or, to, you know, uh, or, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the very sweet memes. But, but the, you know, if you think about the feel-good factor as feeling really good about the world, the best ones, the ones we encourage and promote, the ones we are about is when we do an act of kindness for someone who's doing it tough, and that's when that's when it really works. That's that's when we really start to get cultural change. So you think about it, even just in Karam. If you think about someone who's living in Karam, who may feel marginalised, maybe it's someone who's being bullied at school, maybe it's uh, it's somebody who's living in a family violence situation, maybe it's someone who is homeless. Imagine them walking down the street, and their world feels like it's. It's just everything is overwhelming and they feel they've got, there's no hope in their world and they feel they've got nothing to, to live for and you walk past them and from a really warm place in your heart you say, good morning. And you know when people do that for us, it can give us such a lift. And imagine if everybody does that and somebody who's really, really doing it tough, everywhere they go in Karen. People say good morning or someone holds a door for them or someone sees them struggling with a bag of groceries and helps them. That when it's just repeated, like if you get a couple of those a day or even half a dozen of those a day, all of a sudden you start to feel like it's going to be okay, that that you can be bullied at school but but there are people that have got your back, that, that you may be in a a situation of, of family violence, but there are people there that have got your back and you're going to be able to work through it or or that 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 you may not feel, you know, if people are, are homeless. Um, you know, I, I've, I've heard that for some people that when they're homeless, one of the things that's really, really tough is that people won't give them eye contact in the street, but they feel like they're not seen and they're not and they're not connected to the community, well, just that act of being connected, that's the feel-good factor we're after, that feel-good factor that you get, you feel good because you've made the world a better place. And that's not a big thing to do either. This is the bit that really gets me, and I suppose this is the bit where I look at myself and think, gee, Karenza, you've not done a great job over the years, you know, that when you're just, you know, as I say, you're running around, you're so busy, but it, it doesn't take much to reframe or rethink that and to just to look and to see and then when you see something making that you, you talk about you know making that commitment I'm going to do something I'm not just going to sit back or, or stand here or do nothing whether it's to say hello good morning to people whether it is to help you know mm. the, that that little old lady that you can see walking down the road with you know all these bags that's bags that she's trying to carry and you know she can't so how do you go and help uh, and you know it's it's not a big ask is it 
No, it's it's not a big ask, and and I think it's I think it's really lovely to create it as a habit, mm. and that's one of the things you know. Being part of our group is a lovely reminder because the kindness is coming, you know, every day, every day, every day. Uh, but I think that we have to make it a habit because it's it's so easy uh, in our world to be individualistic and and to pursue our own happiness and goals and not necessarily think about others. But I think the other thing too, Carenza, is that I think is really, really important that I've noticed over time is that acts of kindness for ourselves are incredibly important. And, you know, this this isn't for everybody. You know, maybe maybe there are people listening who are just really treat themselves well and they don't beat themselves up and they always feel, you know, fabulous and perfect and done done the job well. But there are a whole heap of uh, the rest of us who feel, who often feel imperfect and often feel like, uh, you know, we're not enough and, we, you know, wasn't good enough or fast enough or we're not fat enough or skinny enough or tall enough or whatever enough. But to actually do those acts of kindness for ourselves as well too and to affirm and value and validate and respect ourselves is an incredibly important part of it because we're worthy of kindness too. And I think if we really want to embed kindness as a mindset, it needs to come from us. We need to be able to do it for ourselves mm. as well, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, and and you've run over forty uh, plus campaigns, and le- uh, you launch at least one campaign every week, sometimes two, to ensure that the focus is on intersectional kindness or kindness for everyone who's marginalised or doing it tough. Um, among those campaigns focused um, was one where you were thanking postal delivery staff who continued working during the pandemic, and uh, I know another one offered ideas to aid the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. Um, another had guidance on care packages for new mums I mean can you tell us uh, about some of those campaigns and what they're achieving yeah well you know I think uh, postal workers we wouldn't normally think about them as marginalized but we would think about them as doing it really tough during COVID Mm. because there were Australia Post did a whole heap of changes and cuts and you know postal workers everybody loves their postal worker but uh, their services were cut and um, and the demand for the demand for deliveries increased because we were Marshall so reliant thing. on the women. Yeah. yeah, and so they found they started to cop a bit of abuse, mm. uh, and that's that's uh, really quite disappointing. So the so the um, thank a postie campaign was about you know really encouraging people to think about what the posties were experiencing, uh, and. And the new the new mums. I mean, new mums is not a, a group of people that we think about marginalised as well, too. But they were doing it tough because of COVID. So uh, I think uh, when you've got a new baby, is like peak time for family violence. Um, but uh, what was happening for new mums is they couldn't have their family and friendship supports around because of uh, lockdown restrictions. They weren't able to have um, the same family supports into um, delivery suites. So there were a whole heap of things that, that new mums uh, were doing it tough on. So our campaign was was about sharing stories and sharing some guides for supporting new mums as a way of making people aware. Um, so that was that one. And I think the Black Lives Matter uh, campaign, we decided to host a Black Lives Matter campaign when there were a series of 
rallies around the country and around the world because we know that uh, people of colour in Australia uh, experience inequalities and particularly we know that uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples uh, do it tough. Mm. And uh, and so there was a sharing of stories and art and that's an incredibly uh, important campaign for us. And so now with all, all of our campaigns, uh, we always try to uh, reach out to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to make sure they have the opportunity to participate or to people of colour too to make sure that their voices. I heard, so for example, one of our beautiful campaigns was called Finding Strong, which was about uh, sharing stories about what a strong mean to you and how did you find your strong and so we reached out to queer community to people of color to people living with disabilities to make sure that their voices were heard as as part of that generic campaign i mean it's it's incredible to think that along with 12 volunteers not only do you run you know this facebook group with more than half a million um Active, and I mean active members who are frequently posting and having to moderate that. You've run 40-plus campaigns since since the, the kindness pandemic um, started. You've also created a whole bunch of resources as well, and I know you've spoken about Kofi's gratitude journal, that, um, but you've also done a, a colouring storybook about mm. dinosaurs and, and pride. Mm. You're doing lots of resources and things, and people can actually go and find these on um, on your website as well that you, you've created too. It's, it's incredible um, on a completely voluntary basis what what this I guess group is actually doing? Well, it, yeah, it is incredible, and you know the, the team of the team of twelve volunteers that we've got, really beautiful people. We've got our own messenger group, and one of the things that we've said uh, was that we all helped each other get through COVID. And you know we're not done yet, but you know those times when we were locked down, when we couldn't go to work, you know we were there for each other, and so there's a really close bond uh, in the group and we are you know we we are all very passionate uh, about addressing inequalities and addressing marginalization so I think you know that that's that's probably the value that um, brings us together and holds us together mm. and so then the resources are just such a bonus and Drummond Street service is an amazing service in Victoria they uh, uh, sponsored the um, Kofi Kindness is the Gratitude, the free gratitude journal. It's, be it's a beautiful, beautiful journal that people can download for free from the website and Drummond Street uh, Services supported that one. And then we uh, got a little bit of funding from the Depa uh, Victorian Department of Premier and Cabinet for um, the Dinosaur Squad or the Raw, which was a, a, a story about dinosaur pride. It was written by a 69-year-old trans woman and a 12-year-old trans kid about their experiences of pride and, and their real-life experiences of supporting each other. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful storybook and colouring in book. So we've got, we've got plans now for um, some more publications because the award came with um, some prize money as well too. So we're going to use that prize money to um, uh, do some podcasting and some uh, more publications that we can offer to people for free as well. Mm. Wow. What's also wonderful is 
is um, that as the groups grow, more than 60 local kindness pandemic groups have started across the world focusing on helping their own communities and mm. uh, and they're supported by you and your volunteers as well. I mean, how does it feel to see your ideas spread so far and wide and, and you know, have such an impact? That was amazing, actually. We made that decision two weeks into into the group. It was gro- Because it was growing at 50,000 members a day, there was a point then where we had, we had a, a team meeting and we said, okay, this is a thing. This is, you know, this is an idea that whose time has come. This is going to keep growing. And there's two things about it uh, is one, you know, if it keeps growing at 50,000 a day, we're going to have real trouble keeping up. And the other thing was, that, that we knew that one of the things that, that could be really, really powerful, uh, if there were local kindness pandemic groups, then instead of everybody coming to our group, they could go to local groups in their own mm. local area, for example, a Karam kindness pandemic. And then what that group, what those groups can then do is they can share really localised information. So here's the local health services, here's some local food delivery points. Uh, if, you know, if anyone needs a fridge, we've got a fridge to give away, you know, that kind of stuff. So what we did was we set up uh, a blueprint, if you like, a template of resources for people who go to the website, download those resources and guidelines for setting up their own groups, and then they could register their group with us. So then uh, on our webpage... We've got a list of all the groups from around the world, so um, they're registered through us. Uh, we, we don't have a lot of contact with, with the groups at all now. They're really self-managed, but that's the way it should be. But it's, it's really interesting if you do look at the groups. You know, our group, uh, just watching what people focus on. So uh, there's a couple of groups in the Philippines and they're still really very focused on food distribution. Uh, and so that's where people are. It just shows you people are at really very different places uh, around the world. And, uh, you know, it's, it was incredibly important that, uh, that we gave people the opportunity to set up their own local groups. CNN did a story on kindness pandemic and they, and they interviewed me and they interviewed uh, someone who'd set up a group in San Francisco and another person who'd set up a group in New York. And, you know, it's really lovely to see that because uh, we have quite different focuses and uh, in the group and, and that quite different needs in the community. But I think it's, it's really lovely that everybody's focused on acts of kindness. So you are listening to Radio Karam and we are obviously talking It's My Life today and we are chatting to um, Dr. Catherine Barrett and just the incredible work really that has been done to establish the Kindness Pandemic Facebook group and all of the work that that group is doing. And um, obviously in November this year, what an incredible accolade, um, being awarded the most uplifting Facebook group in the world. Um, Did you expect anything like that or was that just completely out of the blue? No, it wasn't out of the blue because uh, we knew that we'd been shortlisted. So I think there were 13,000 groups that that had nominated for the award and then we were shortlisted. Um, to There were 21 groups that were shortlisted in seven categories. Uh, and so it was, it was a surprise for us, but it was really quite – it was – you know, not not a surprise in some ways, but but a complete surprise. Um, we did a poll in our group, and uh, we asked because everybody's saying so many people were saying to us that 
they meant one woman posted uh, last year, my mental health was going down the toilet until I found this group. And that was what we were hearing repeatedly. So we did a poll and 82% of people who who filled out the poll said that being part of the group had improved their mental well-being. Wow. And 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 so and and so this is this thing about connection. People feeling connected, feeling somebody said I feel like there's no us and then there's only us. So I knew we we know that people feel good being part of the group. Uh, and we know that it's uplifting, but but to to you know to be the most uplifting group in the world was 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 quite a surprise and you know a real honor really. Yeah, huge honor, huge honor. Yeah, look, yeah. this is amazing community leadership in action. But incredibly, whilst doing all of this, you also have a day job, as do I, I guess most of your volunteers. Have you been able to keep all of this going while you've been working? Uh, well, I think. I think if if it was going to work and it was, you know, a a hate field space, I would find that really difficult. But engaging with the kindness pandemic uh, is really lovely because it's it's uplifting. And, and, you know, every day there are messages from people just saying, thank you so much for creating this space. It's just, you know, it's so uplifting. Uh, It's so fantastic. So so it's it, it still feels that we're part of something that's really quite special and beautiful and it still feels for me and for the other members of our team it feels like the world the right way up uh and and so that's what that's what keeps me coming back uh every day but you know it is it's been it's been tricky there are 12 of us we still count all 12 but we lost uh amen barbaresco was one of our team members he died um in April last year, and then, you know, members of our team. We you know we've had our COVID scares, we've had family sick, we've people have lost their jobs. You know, it's been people have had to manage their own really tough stuff, um, but we've kept coming back to this space because it's uplifting, and because it is the world the right way up. Mm. So I'm thinking about it, Simon. If you look back in the last 18 months, you've got more than half a million active members of the group, as I said, 28 million um, reactions to the posts and and what you're doing. You've run more than 40 campaigns, resources, gratitude journals, 60 groups around the world. You've won the most um, uplifting um, Facebook group in the world. What's next? What do you think is going to be next for the kindness pandemic? I think what's next for the kindness pandemic is uh, I'm 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 increasingly uh, pulling intergenerational campaigns into it because I you know our group has responded really positively to that so some of my more and more of my day job will come into it. Uh, the other thing is too that um, intersectional kindness uh, there are many different forms of kindness and. Uh, there's what we might call bread and butter kindness. So paying it forward in the cafe uh, may not be intersectional kindness. It may not involve people who are marginalised. Uh, what we notice is the focus on um, kindness for people who are marginalised much more often needs to be curated. We need to bring that through the group um, and, you know, be sharing stories from people who are marginalised. So... Um, I had conversations in the last uh, month for someone who was doing uh, 
Possible Dreams International was is a group that works in Iswatini with with people. You know, twenty five percent of the population there um, are HIV positive, and they've lost whole generations of people. And there are uh, older people who have lost their 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 children and are now looking after you know nineteen grandchildren in you know in a mud hut. And so so they were people who reached out to us and said. You know, we'd love to do some work with you sharing stories of, you know, how people are making it work in Iswatini. And somebody else said, you know, they were doing some amazing work with women living with HIV and they'd love to share those with us. And so increasingly we're getting groups of people coming forward and saying, uh, you know, like with our blindness, uh, our campaign with Blind Citizens Australia, so uh, people who are vision impaired or blind, um, uh, there were people we were working with who were saying, you know, they've got their own newsletters and their own community. Their newsletter goes out to 8,000 people, but to be able to share stories in the kindness pandemic with half a million people means that they might reach people that might otherwise not understand what it is like to be socially distancing during COVID when you're vision impaired or blind mm. or what it's like to be moving around uh, in a world where people don't understand what it's like to be vision impaired or blind. So, so our partnership with Blind Citizens Australia was about sharing their, their stories. They were able to share their stories with the new audience. So increasingly they're the campaigns uh, that we want to do, work with people um, who are really marginalised but who, who maybe are not able to bring the community to their organisation to learn about what their people are experiencing. They can share their stories with that group. So that's 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 the future of the kindness pandemic, I think. Mm. So, Catherine, how can people get involved? Uh, people could uh, go to our website, which is thekindnesspandemic.org, and they could set up their own local group. Or if people are listening... Uh, and um, they, you know, I'll get on Facebook and post about what they're doing. But you know, um, and 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 you know, do a simple campaign in 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 Karam. You know, start by saying hello to people in your community, and then and then post in the kindness pandemic and tell us what that's like for people. Or if you're listening, uh, and uh, you work with people who experience injustice or inequalities or people who are marginalised, we'd love to hear from you about how uh, we might be able to partner with you to share stories um, through the Kindness Pandemic Facebook group. It's, it's mostly first-person narratives uh, are the ways to help uh, our group members understand. You know, people respond really beautifully to a first-person narrative, to understanding what another human being is experiencing. That's very, very true, and I think I think it is. I think what we've talked about today is there are lots of ways that people can start thinking about kindness and what that means, and 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 stop and pause. And I suppose it's that mindfulness, isn't it? And that I suppose awareness of the things that are happening around you, how we can all start to take notice and look at and perhaps see things differently. Um, it's been terrific talking to you this afternoon, and an incredible conversation, and really inspiring in terms of the amazing amazing things that you're doing now we do ask all of our guests as well to to choose some music and we are going to play one of the songs that you've chosen an Australian um, artist um, 
and it just mad boy was is the song that we're going to go with um what is it about um this song um i guess by jess that really talks to some of the work that the kindness pandemic is doing for you when you think about that uh i think she talks about uh <clears throat> you know the song is we got love and she talks about the hate in the world but remembering that we've got love and you know i mean in in many ways kindness is about gestures of acts of kindness are, are, are acts of love in in so many ways so you know it's not saying that the hate's not there but 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 i i hear just saying you know don't forget we've got love very powerful and very true hi i'm freddie from freddie's kitchen let's get behind radio karam go karam Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, the pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's Caram Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. So you are on Radio Karim and this afternoon we have been talking on It's My Life to the amazing, incredible um, Dr. Catherine Bennett, who is Barrett, sorry, who established the Facebook group The Kindness Pandemic back in March 2020. And she was supporting people's lives who were impacted by COVID-19. And here we are 18 months later, that group has now more than half a million active members they've had 28 million reactions and they're working really really hard to change the world and we've touched on some pretty sensitive topics this afternoon so if these topics have impacted you in any way um you can obviously call lifeline australia on 13 11 14 that's lifeline australia 13 11 14 and kim i think that Catherine gave us some tips at the end about thinking about kindness and uh, the takeaway for me is they're actually not very hard things to do Oh, look, absolutely. If you incorporate kindness into your everyday life, uh, it's not a difficult thing to do. And I know that you and I try to do it as much as possible. And and having listened to uh, Catherine, uh, such an inspiring person, I can't believe that she fits in all this work while still maintaining a day job. So um, if she can do it, we can all do it and we all have to play our part. So uh, let's get behind her 100% and get out there and be kind. And so, Kim, what's something that you're going to do then? I know that um, Catherine said there are different things that we can all do. Certainly, you can jump on, first of all, to Facebook and find the Kindness Pandemic and join it as a group. It's incredibly uplifting. And there's also their website, www.thekindnesspandemic.org, as ways to find out more about their work. But if we were to make a pledge today, Kim, Mm -hmm. what's the pledge that you're going to make? Well, look, I, um, I've obviously followed this group from um, day one and, and I've just watched it grow and, and I, I get inspired every day and I know that um, it's inspired me to do a lot more um, within the community and so forth. Uh, and part of that is is to get out there and maybe even volunteer in, in your local community, which is something that I've just started. And, uh, and I think not only are you helping others, but I think it's really rewarding and you'll get something back yourself. So, And look, just smile. Smile at people. It doesn't hurt to uh, smile at somebody. If they don't smile back, what have you lost? I mean, you know, but uh, and I can tell you right now, though, um, if someone's having a bad day and you smile at them, it's going to make their day a hell of a lot better. So, so um, yeah, be kind. 
Be kind. That's a beautiful way to finish today's program. So we are going to end with one of Catherine's very last uh, choices. Now, you can actually find this on YouTube. It's by Mesodorm and the song is easy, but it's actually sung by generations of people um, across the same the same group and same um, same family. So let's have a listen to this track. Left, your daddy on the right. Nothing in the middle but a bare fight. You're dizzy all day, looking side to side And you've shouted all your life No, it's not easy, kid No, it's not easy, kid We're all living day to day Trying to get along together No, it's not easy, kid No, it's not easy We're all living day to day Trying to get along together Well they've been talking and talking Talking for hours You wonder where the words are going out of their mouths Why it's so hard just to smile and play And they've shouted all your life No, it's not easy, kid